Welcome to the Joe Schmo Theology Podcast, where we discuss confessions. I ain't confessing nothing! Reformed theology. I don't know what either of those words mean. And apologetics. I am not apologizing for anything either. I am your host, Adam D. Murray, and joined with me today on this program is my brother, Aaron D. Murray. What's up, y'all? This is Joe Schmo Theology, the podcast where two dummies talk about smart things. I am your host, Aaron. Now, Adam, what's going on? What's up, man? You know what? I forgot to say what episode this is. Is this 13? I don't, I don't know at this point. I think it's 13. 13? Episode that's, that's 13. It's a solid number right it's, there. It's an unlucky number, so we'll see how this one goes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I was born on a Friday the 13th. That explains so yeah. much about you. Uh-huh. <laughs> putting that superstition to bed. I am not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. You're a little stitious. <laughs> a little stitious. Nice. Nice. That's a uh, you know, I know, I know what it is. Right, I don't, cool. I don't like watching comedies. We were just talking about this. I think they're kind of a waste of time. I think comedies are a great diversion to the meniality of life. They're, they're a waste of time. I don't. Yeah. Well, and so like the the show Friends. Okay. The worst show. I've ever. never seen it before. It's dumb. But don't watch it. I don't need to watch a show about friends hanging out. When I can just hang out with my friends. And honestly, I think my friends and I are probably more funny well, see, and more fun to hang I out with. I stopped watching that show because it wasn't even about friends. It was about sex. So well, yeah, that was pretty much the well, show. That's another thing. Like Comedies are just they're just like inappropriate anatomy humor. Often. Often. Yeah. So, you gotta find the right ones. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm all ears. I'm open to recommendations. Yeah, Community. Great show. I could watch, okay, I did like. That. I could watch that. I could watch that show over and over and it's, over. It's been I think I've seen time. all of them at least three times. Wow, I know. I don't think I've ever watched a show through more than once. Well, like two of my closest friends are huge Community friends fans too, so we watch them together sometimes okay. too. So anyway, okay. but cool. Hey, how's your uh, last couple weeks been? Yeah, it's been okay. I mean, so I'm a little more excited about. Well, that. <laughs> I just had to drop a lot of money on a furnace. Mm. So the good news is I have heat in my house now. Yeah, yeah. The bad news is I have no money in my bank account. Yeah, that is bad so news. That's uh that's the payoff, I guess. But it's okay. Yeah, where are we podcasting right in now? In my garage where it's cold. <laughs> where there's no heat. <laughs> I'm just watching you bundle up in like three coats. Well, and a you're hat. in shorts, what's wrong with you? It's November. No, it's, it's December fifth. It's December. Yeah, it's about jean weather. Just about. It's just about. Dude, I'm wearing two pairs of pants right now. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Oh my gosh. It's all good. So I bought a furnace. I mean, it's a good thing. We knew going into, you know, buying this house, we we're going to have to replace it eventually. So it's the good. The house or the furnace? Well, the house and the furnace. <laughs> cool. Both. We got a cool Nest thermostat, which, I mean, I never really heard of until like last week. So I guess it's cool. It's like a smart thermostat. You control yeah. it with your smartphone. So <laughs> well, when when I walked in the door, Mary goes, "Hey, check out our nest," yeah, and I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm like, "Where is this bird's nest that's <laughs> that's in your house somewhere?" Dude, there's no way I would ever own a bird. No, I know, no but I, I figured you guys found like a perch or something. I had no idea what she was talking about. Do I look like the kind of person who would have just some like random bird cage nest in my Not house? Not a cage, but if you didn't know a nest was in there somewhere, it could happen. Oh, like a bird like flew in? Yeah. Well, I would be a horrible homeowner if I, I had a bird flew into my house. Yeah. But yeah. who cares? Don't you have exciting news? Uh, I do. Um, I also dropped a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I'm engaged now. Yeah. So, uh, so that's exciting. Um, Hannah is a very special girl. I love her to death. And uh, I thought you were about to say she's very special because she's engaged to you. No. For a second. No. Although I think she might say that's true. Possibly. Maybe. She yeah. said yes. She did say okay, yes. Okay, so I have been waiting, intentionally waiting, to ask you how you did it. Because oh, Because I cool. wanted to know on the podcast live. Gotcha. And I've seen you like 50 times Why have I not shared then. this with you? Well, first of all, yeah, what's up with that? But second of all... Wait, didn't being... somebody at the family ask? No, like... They did. I wasn't around. I don't think Austin or Emily asked, and I told mom and dad already because I had dinner with them the night of. Um, wow. I know. It's crazy. You suck. All right, so hey, he, here's how it happened. We had lunch with some of our friends um, downtown, and then afterwards, we played some ping pong, and then we got some coffee. So romantic. Right? I know. But we, we got some coffee, and we walked on the canal. That was our first date, coffee in the canal. And um, I was feeling really conflicted because it was really beautiful, and I'm like... Should I just scratch my entire plan and just do it right mm-hmm. here, right now? Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Okay. So did that um, pay off? She said yes. She said yes. So. I mean, yeah. Anyway, okay. we're we're ready to continue. Okay. So anyway, so we're walking down the canal. We're getting to the end of it, mm-hmm. and I start hearing this like music. I'm like, what in the world? And then I remembered <laughs> that it was like the national championship of drumline high school bands or <laughs> downtown and i was like oh my gosh should have gone with the canal <laughs> yeah these ba- these bands are in this spot that i had chosen to propose and i'm like should we just turn around like what, what's going on so we kept walking it turned out to be coming out of a um like convention that was going on in one of the museums or something so we walked past it and it was fine it was gone but we go out to white river state park uh-huh. And uh, there's a little like gazebo thing out there, so we went and just like sat down for a second, and uh, I pulled a um... muscle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pulled a muscle. <laughs> no, pulled a uh, what is this thing called? Photo album. You know, I uh-huh. scrapbooked for a her. So I pulled a scrapbook out of my backpack, and it had been like a conglomeration of all the pictures of us over the last year, mm-hmm. and uh, that was something. I was I... only in one of those pictures, by the way. What's up with that? Were you in any of just them? one? Well, congratulations. I don't know if anybody else made the scrapbook. So, no. Oh, that's true. Ethan and yeah, Levi Ethan made it and too. Levi. Yeah. <laughs> they made it. That's it. And like some of her family members. But most of them are oh, just like us. Oh, some of her family members. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, congratulations, Darren. You made the scrapbook. Okay, good. Be happy with I, it. I mean, so anyway. I'm a little embarrassed because so the I scrapbook gave, looked like trash. It did. But. It did. I am not crafty. <laughs> like, it was probably even more adorable, though, because like the glue was like seeping through the pages. <laughs> But um, I think she thought that I was going to propose there, and I just like close it up. I'm like, nope, let's keep walking. <laughs> she's probably like, oh man. Yeah, so she's like, great. oh, I guess it's not happening. Um, and she's she, probably mad as I'll get out. I don't think so because I don't think she thought that I had talked to her dad yet. Actually, I know she didn't know that I had talked to her because dad because you lied on the podcast. Uh, actually, time. no, you did. I because you talked to him. I and did. I asked you. And I you did. Were like, but the thing is, like. She, we didn't even post that. <laughs> I know. You, you we dropped the ball. Engaged. That was a whole part of the plan. I know. And you dropped the ball. I know. I know. But anyway, she had to work one Saturday, so I just drove up and saw her dad that Saturday, and she didn't know I did that. So anyway, she didn't suspect it, but we kept walking a little bit, and then we got out to um, a little place in the park that you can look and see um, like the city skyline in the background, and like there's a big field and that kind of thing. So it was, uh, I think, a pretty spot. Okay. Um, but I took it back there because... Um, when we had first started dating, we went out there New Year's Eve and um, we're just kind of like talking on the bridge and that's where we committed to be praying for each other all the time. 
um, you know, trying to pray for each other every day and every time we're together and just kind of building our relationship around Christ and that being our foundation. So that was like, we've been to a lot of places, but we didn't have like a real, like, this is our spot, you know, uh-huh. type thing. So that was as close as I could think of as like, this is a somewhere meaningful. And, um, and it really was. So I had this whole speech in my mind, like, this is where we built our foundation. And now I want to build our foundation together forever. Well, that kind of thing. Well, you know? I'm glad you did. That's yeah. Super cheesy. No, it, it tried to come out, but it, it, my mouth fell down the stairs, but she still said yes. Well, what'd and, you say? Like, I want to know. It was, it was something along those lines. Okay. Um, but it just kind of came out jumbled and she goes, well, I kind of was picking up the theme, but then like, I forget everything that you said. <laughs> I was like, awesome. That's what every fiance wants to hear mm-hmm. that it was so memorable. Um, but it was really, I think it was really cute. Um, we did have two random chicks like walk right next to us while we were like in the middle of it. They were just like nosy. No, know. they were just like, it was a sweet moment. Yeah. So you know that like blue statue thingy you sure. proposed by yeah i almost got arrested <laughs> actually not really so this was like five years ago okay when i was 21 and young and dumb and <coughs> much like today right um <laughs> but i was climbing i was with the buddy we're just climbing on it just having fun just goofing off and and this cop walks up to us he's like hey so we get off and walk up to him we're all like she was like hey officer he's like listen <laughs> As I'm walking by here, and I see you guys on there, it's my job to tell you to get off. So I've got to do that. As I walk away, and don't turn around and don't see you, I don't care. <laughs> really? <laughs> and he just walked away. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you proposed, and uh, I talked to a cop who hated his life, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Or he was just a yeah. really cool cop. He was probably just a really cool cop. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's good. So, anyway, that happened. Good. But, uh, good. Yeah, so we're excited about that. Yeah. Um, other than that, not a whole lot going on. I mean, you can't on. top that story. No, we had Thanksgiving. Austin was in town. Oh, that dude, was I have a story about Thanksgiving, but yeah. we're like 10 minutes in. Can Do I it. That's fine. Okay, I'm going to give this story. All right. Sorry, guys. Sorry, y'all. So... Thanksgiving with, you know, you guys and Murray's and all that stuff. It was a great time on Thanksgiving Day. On Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, we had Mary's family over to our house, and we had Thanksgiving with them. Were you right? poisoned everyone? So, <laughs> I didn't interrupt your st- Well, actually, you interrupted yeah, you interrupt a lot. lot. Um, <clears throat> but, so everyone, you know, classic Thanksgiving dinner. Everyone divvies up the who, who has what dish, blah, 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 blah. So, we suspect, well, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> so we had a great time Friday was awesome I had a really really fun time had 20 people or so in my tiny little house but it was good you know it was intimate and we just had a great time so then the next day Saturday two of Mary's family members woke up throwing up feeling really bad and gross I'm like okay well they're probably sick or have the flu but then progressively as the day went on we get a text from someone I'm throwing up too text from someone else I'm throwing up too and so it's just like Oh, what's happening here? Oh, like no. everyone's getting sick. Oh no! So it turns out um, some of the meat was bad. Oh, so no. pretty much we all got food poisoning. Oh, so it's just like you're just like sitting there, like okay, another one bites the dust. <laughs> like what is what is it? What am I next? What is my future? You know, it's yeah, exactly. kind of kind of like a zombie outbreak or something. Like, <laughs> what, what am I gonna turn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, That's awesome. But, yeah. So Mary ended up throwing up and getting all sick and stuff around 8 p.m. Saturday night, and then. You know, Desmond, we started hearing him throw up around 10. He was in bed, so we had to get him out and give him a bath because he was just marinating in his own filth. Ugh. And so, apparently, it's really, really dangerous for a pregnant 
woman to have food poisoning. Really? Because it it really they the woman dehydrates and the yeah. baby needs nutrients and it can result in like a stillbirth or birth defects or crazy things. So we're kind oh, of man. freaking out a little bit. Yeah. So we end up going to the ER around midnight, which is not fun. Period. But it's definitely not fun when you have a little one year old. Right. So we get him out of bed. He's throwing up. Mary's throwing up. I'm still oh, feeling fine. I'm like, okay. And, you know, praise God I was because it would be that much worse. Right. So we get to the ER. They end up taking us to the woman's uh, hospital area. So they give Mary an IV and Desmond's freaking out and crying because he's supposed to be in bed and he's feeling like junk and everything. So I eventually finally calm him down and I'm lying on the floor while Mary's on the bed gurney thing and I'm trying to soothe Desmond to sleep and everything. And he finally falls asleep. I'm like, okay. <laughs> And it was just like this five minutes of peace and quiet. And, and it was like, it was like nice. <laughs> and then, and then I feel Desmond move and he just like, he's lying on my chest. He's like, looks up at me and I look up at him and you know what's coming. And he just goes, <laughs> and throws up all over me. It's just insult to misery and, or injury or however that saying goes. So they ended up finally discharging Mary around 4am. So we went home. Um, and then, I started throwing up around eight. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, it was a Thanksgiving we will remember for all eternity. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So you got engaged. I got puked up. On you know which yeah, one's more adorable. Good weeks. It's yeah. a great yeah, week. Yeah, good weeks. You know, dropped a lot of money on a furnace. Yeah, dropped a lot of money on a ring. I could buy two rings. Huh? I could have bought two rings. You could have for the price of this furnace. Hey, so I found out that apparently you do have to buy two rings. <laughs> 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 What is this nonsense? Uh, like, oh, thanks funny. for the engagement ring. Now I need a wedding ring. Yeah. Like, what, what was that? What did I just give you? <laughs> yeah, Mary didn't want an extra ring. <coughs> so she only has one. Yeah, thankfully they're like but, dirt cheap. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are we talking about today? Uh, we're going to share our testimonies, let you guys know a little bit of our story a little bit. So why don't you go first? Can I actually just say something? Like, I don't know if I like the term our story. You know what I mean? This is our Stop. You don't need to sing. I even hate that even more. But you know what I mean? This like, is oh song. <laughs> we were too goofy last week. Let's, you know. All right, all right, all right. So we're going to share God's story and the <laughs> role that we lived in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that what you want to Like, you understand? Like, yes, you, you are absolutely part of the story. But, like, when people say, this is my story... It just seems really like a subjective. It's all about me. Just putting the emphasis on yourself, kind of a thing, you know. Like it's not wrong to say that. I don't think. No, but I think it's fine. It's it's. Just, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just my hyper That's your Calvinism coming out a little bit. No, I'm not a cage stage man. I'm pretty good about you know suppressing. I think my... you're like a cage stage Presbyterian. I no think at this point, yeah. yeah, I think you're like cage stage, How so? like Presbyterian cage stage family worship. I think that's where you're at. I'm right not now. cage stage family worship. I'm all about family worship, but I don't like judge people who don't. I don't know, man. Have I, I judged you for not doing family worship? I feel a little judged. Well, I don't have a family. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So okay. You no. Know, okay. Let me just share this real quick. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with someone being like, "Oh yeah, this is my story, whatever," because um, it is. It's your life. It's what. God has done through you and that kind of thing, whatever. I don't love it when like churches have like eight week series on like the story. <laughs> like that's the theme. Like, uh, this story or like, what do you mean? like we're all in a story. Yeah, I go to a reformed church, so I don't you know, we preach exegetically, not topically. <laughs> you you do some topical. Don't even lie to we me. We definitely do some topical. Yeah, but like yeah. what do you mean by story? Like 
it just seems like I've heard that theme a ton from like a lot of churches in the area where it's just like we're gonna go through a series called the story and it's just like the it's essentials like, it's like just the like, story of redemption or yeah because that's I mean that's good it is it's just like a weird like thing that everyone does it feels very trendy anyway yeah. that's just my thing okay but whatever well, we're talking about it doesn't we, even matter well, we're talking about things we hate about testimonies <laughs> I have a very difficult time with the phrase and that's when I invited Jesus into my heart yeah. You know what I mean? It's when Jesus kicked the door it's down, like, <laughs> like busted in like a SWAT team. Yeah, it's and like, bro, took over my you didn't, soul. You didn't invite Jesus into your heart. You submitted to His lordship. Yeah, that's good. It's fine, but I don't know. That's just a pet peeve. I, I think have. I still say that from time to time, yeah. something or, or along those lines. Anyway, probably not that right. particular thing. But all right, well, this is uh, our story. Bum bum. <laughs> um, we actually, I mean, it's very. Very similar. What are you laughing at? Was that Law and Order? It was like Law and Order. Yeah. Okay, cool. Ball. Anyway, go ahead. Um, we have very similar testimonies because we have very similar experiences because we're brothers and we grew up in the same household. Christian household. So, yeah, Christian household, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and we weren't baptized, even though we were a Christian household. Maybe it should have happened. Uh, or, or maybe, or, maybe you know, I think, yeah, I think I it's think definitely, it you know, the like biblical the that mandate. That's totally cool. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, I think I think actually we both have the same like that's when we made a profession of faith was when we lived in Connecticut and there was a sermon on hell. Is this? Yeah, you remember this? Uh, it wasn't a sermon on hell that I remember. I remember Austin being like, "Hey, do you want to burn forever in eternity?" <laughs> and I'm like a four year old kid, like, "No, obviously." Yeah. <laughs> the question is that what's my other option? Right. What choice do I have? <laughs> <laughs> burning in hell forever or eternity with peace and a heart yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. but it, it, the point is like hell was taught to us and that's good like hell was is an essential part like if there's not some sure. type of like fear um you may want to ask yourself why but i think that's when you and i both made a profession of faith saying yeah we want to invite jesus into our heart yeah. because hell was scared out of us i don't remember kinda. if i did or not probably no. i was four I, yeah like <laughs> Right. So then um, our dad was a youth pastor there in Connecticut. So then he um, was called to pastor a church in Noblesville, Indiana here. So we moved up there when I was six. You were like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And so uh, this was a community church, kind of uh, Baptist leaning and everything. Kind of your, your classic right. community church, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wacky, nothing out of the ordinary, I guess. Um, and that's kind of when I learned to be a good moralist. Right, it's a good way to say. Yeah, yeah. so th- that was kind of my perception of Christianity <coughs> was doing good. So in my head, I thought like I'm the best Christian ever because I serve in the nursery and I clean the toilets here. Good for you. <laughs> Which is actually no, that's really good. And um, then after we clean the toilets, we would raid children's church and steal, and all, steal the all the candy. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so we were great. And then I had to go clean the toilets <laughs> again to make up for that. <laughs> Um, vicious cycle vicious indeed so that was kind of like my perception of christianity was moralism what was yours uh pretty much the same actually yeah i wouldn't differ any right right okay yeah so and this so we were there for what 10 years um at least 11 11 right so when i was 17 you were 15 16 yeah something like that something along those lines yeah we found out that our father had been involved in an affair for a while. Um, that kind of rocked our world. So let's pause here and just say, as as egregious as that is, 
yes. But when we are telling our testimony, often people tell their testimony in a way that makes them a victim of sin right. rather than a perpetrator of sin. Mm-hmm. Right. So as, as we tell this story, there should really not be any sympathy on our part for us in the sense that like, oh, yeah, you poor guys, that's, that's a real bummer, which it is. But we were just as guilty sure. um, as anybody else, including you know, our, our father at that time. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I, absolutely. I mean, go, go ahead. And um, I had a thought, and it's gone now. Carry on. Okay. Yeah. So after that was kind of discovered, that um, kind of obviously rocked my world, and kind of s- sort of sent me in a tailspin. Not necessarily morally, where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go out and get a hold of alcohol and get drunk and smoke underage and all these other crazy things and do stuff with girls it wasn't really that it was just it kind of threw me more into a depression yeah i guess which i don't even think i would have acknowledged that at the time but looking back on it, i'm like yeah i think i think i probably was clinically depressed hmm. i guess what, what was going on in your head yeah it was um the same thing i didn't i didn't feel a need to like lash out and be rebellious i actually um withdrew mm-hmm. actually i withdrew from just about everybody and kind of went through that same thing i didn't have a I had a lack of motivation to do anything and a huge propensity to just kind of sit there and feel sorry for myself and everything that I was going through. And just the uncertainty of what was going to happen with our family brought on a lot of anxiety and things too. Um, But I think depression and anxiety, that's probably a good way to describe kind of what I was dealing with as well. Yeah. You know, it was a a crazy thing was after we found this out, after um, it was confessed to the entire church, which was pretty rough kind of a crazy thing to go through right um after that all happened this is probably two days after we found out our mother told us and she told our dad she is not going to divorce him yeah not going to divorce him which was huge for me to hear that yeah so it was kind of well tell me why it was huge for you well just because wrestling with the uncertainty because i like with the dues came out i was like way too quick to just want to be like oh it's cool like everyone sins Uh we're all we're all in the same boat like i forgave you it's fine not recognizing right away like the effect that that would have on the family especially on mom Uh and um so i was like super cool up front and i'm like that's fine and then like a day or two later i remember i left for the weekend and i went and stayed with a friend and came back and i was like wow i am like uber angry Mm -hmm. right now um so kind of like fell into this tailspin of depression and uncertainty because i thought that it was going to be like we were going to be traveling over on weekends we're going to be with dad and you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and when mom came out and said that there was like a calm that came over like oh cool like we're fine like we'll get through it eventually everyone stand together like Mm -hmm. that it was just very um assuring to hear yeah i had a totally different response to it really um, and I've never really told anybody this, <coughs> but I remember being upset about it. Oh yeah, and not upset because I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is this is what happens." I was it was very selfish, and it was it's disgusting to even think about it. But I was upset because I wanted to be like everybody else who has divorced parents, mm. you know. And it's like my view of marriage was just trash. Wow. And it was it was like I was like for a second I was like, "Oh, I can fit in." With wow, I know it's it's really bizarre. That is weird. Yeah, um, I'm not proud of that <laughs> at all. Good, <laughs> but 
it, it was just, and I mean, that it probably lasted for like a day or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, hey, actually, this is a really, really, really good thing that this isn't happening. Um, but that right there, and, it, and maybe we're jumping the gun a little bit here, but I think, let me, let me just say this, um, just to put everyone's mind at ease. My parents are great. Absolutely. Um, and this, there's a little more to it. We can probably suss it out here in a second. But what really made me stay in the faith, I guess, obviously, you know, you got the working of the Holy Spirit, but this is how the Lord used it, was through the forgiveness of mom, our mother, Mm -hmm. and the repentance of our father, you know, dad. Yeah. That was kind of the gospel manifest in my parents. Yeah. Where that's really what the gospel is, is repentance and forgiveness. Yeah. Um, So that kind of laid the foundation for me to first really understand what Christianity was. It wasn't about, you know, moralism. It wasn't about, you know, behavior modification. It was about repentance and it was about forgiveness. Right. right? Repentance on our end and forgiveness on the end of Christ. Right. And, um, you know, obviously you've got Christ paying for the sins, the penal substitutionary atonement and all these types of things. But that right there was critical for me and not just blowing off Christianity as some cultural thing that, mm-hmm. that people are into. Like, there's something real. There's some substance to this. Right. Um, but I don't know. Well, that was the thought that I had earlier um, that that left my mind was, I, I used to be really bashful about sharing this um, with anybody because, in a sense, I feel like it's not my story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to ne- needlessly, like, tarnish you know, dad's reputation or anything, um, because of a sin that he's fully repented of. Right. Um, but after talking with him, getting permission, that kind of thing, I realized that like, this is such a great platform to, to share the gospel with people because it was so clearly mm-hmm. lived out by both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think dad would even say that like he learned about what it truly means yeah. to repent through yeah. that. Um, and, and really live out, the, the gospel that he'd been proclaiming. Um, and mom just was incredible. Uh-huh. I mean, like Absolutely. that, that was the one of the, I mean, probably the clearest demonstration I've seen in my life of what it means to cling to the Lord through suffering and then turn around and forgive. Like that was an, uh, an incredible display there. Yeah. So like, I wouldn't share those things otherwise. Cause I don't think that it's like necessarily always our place to just like spout these things out. But when it's such a clear demonstration of the gospel lived out, um, and it's such a redeeming story. And now that they have that platform to like counsel other families mm-hmm. that have been through mm-hmm. it, um, it's really, um, pretty, pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. You, you kind of said, you don't want to tarnish his name. So, cause I called him before we recorded. Yeah. Cause I wanted to make sure he was okay with it. Yeah. Uh, which we have a great relationship with our with our parents right now. So you wanna this is a good place to pause. Sure. Play a game. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I'm okay. down with it. Kind of kind of a little awkward place to play a game, you know. It's uh... This is like in Ephesians three or Ephesians two, verse three, where you just get through the whole like you were dead in your trespasses and sins, you were whatever. And then you get to that but God part. So we're gonna pause at the end of the bad part. Dude, I had no idea where you're part. going with this. I was like, no, you know what I'm saying? It. No, I know exactly like, what you're right talking about now. Arcs and it's like, but God being rich in mercy, like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I was just, I was just listening. I was like, is he gonna compare this to like the game we're about to? No, no, no. Play or what? We have, we have a pastor in our church that just like loves the word but because every time the word but <laughs> is used in in the Bible, it's like a good thing. So it's like, but God, and he just says it from the pulpit all the time. But <laughs> Which pastor is this? Joe, Joe Bartimus. Joe Bartimus. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's a good guy. He is. 
Okay, so here's how this game is going to work. Let's do it. All right. What we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to create our own story. Whoa. So, this is like a Dungeon and Dragons type deal. No, not I'm quite. I'm not into this, bro. This is not a D&D thing. Uh, as cool as that would be. This is, this is you and I. Choose your own adventure. This is, dude, those were awesome. This is, what we're going to do is I'm going to say a sentence of a story, then you're going to say the sentence. Then I'm going to say the sentence, then you're going to say the sentence. We'll go on for maybe a minute or two and just see where it goes. worst thing in the world. It's better than Hot Seat. What would you name your yacht? You would. Yachty. It's a great name for a yacht. Oh, gosh. Beautiful. Anyway. All right. So once upon a time, there was a puppy named Bogo. And Bogo made friends with an elderly old man up the street. What he didn't know was the elderly man was an alien. Who was sent there to capture all the dogs for testing in a secret facility. And he captured Bogo and killed him. And ate them, and it became legal for animals to be eaten all over the world, regardless of the social norms. People began to riot. Especially PETA. Uh, (laughs) What PETA didn't know was that this alien invasion was sent to destroy them. Through the unlawful no, no, you're continuing the means of production. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that have to do with killing and eating pets? I don't know, Aaron. This is the dumbest thing you've ever oh come up with in your entire life. Well, you, when you say stupid things like this, like what? Like there? Like this is the four... dumbest thing okay. that you've ever come up with in your entire life. This isn't working. No, it's not. This isn't working. We should just keep going. Hold on, let's try again real quick because we can edit that. Okay, crap let's out. try. No, I think it's funny. Let's all keep right, it in. All right, cool. All right, you start the sentence this time. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez was great rivals with <laughs> her twin, who was also named Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> and neither of them ever measured up to George, their older cousin, because. This George was named George Clooney, Dude, okay. who had incredible I'm hair I'm and a delicious I smile. No, I'm done. I can't do it. This is the dumbest thing in the world. Who is Jennifer Lopez? I, I don't. Jay, I don't know if she's a musician. Okay, I think. all right. I don't know. Or is that Lawrence? I have no idea. No, Jennifer Lawrence is the, the Hunger actor. Games chick. Oh yeah, I have no idea. I don't care. I don't know why that name came into my head. The odds are not in our favor today. No, no, no they're not. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. glad you put so much work into that game. Well, I forgot until 15 minutes before we recorded. I reminded you over an hour ago. Okay, it was an hour ago. I exaggerated. All right. All right, a little enough. bit. I embellished. I used <sighs> hyperbole. All right, well, instead of making up a story, let's get back to our own. Let's get back to our own story. All right. All right, so you, you pick it up from where we are. Where did we leave off? We left off with mom saying she was not going to divorce dad. Oh, cool, cool. So that was really helpful, um, even though... The next several weeks slash months were very difficult. Yeah, I even say the next two years were pretty rough. Um, I'm just thinking immediate future. Okay, sure, sure. That's fine. Um, and I was, yeah, I, I was just dealing with a lot of uncertainty. And um, I don't know, when was, when was your like turning point when things started to become like okay with you? I don't think they were ever okay. Okay. And in a sense, like, it's still not. Like, I'm, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm never okay with the situation. 
I think I've gotten there where I am okay with it. But yeah, anyway. I mean, like, like it's it, when you, when I say okay with it, it's it's you, you've accepted it, and this is you know that's that's life. But it was it was kind of different for me because I kind of went into survival mode. Yeah, and was like, did. okay, what what can we do um, to to keep the family going? Because obviously our mom is mourning right now. Right. Um, my older brother was what was he like Afghanistan or something? Something like that. You know, yeah. in, the, in the Air Force. Um, so it was kind of like okay, someone's got to clean someone's got to cook the food and everything so i i kind of went into the, the survival mode yeah, you where up. just just keep it i mean it was the, the grace of god so it didn't it didn't really hit me until a few months later like i think yeah, once everyone else started busy. to do okay that's kind of when i started to close down and interesting just, yeah yeah i don't know i remember having a um turning point in a sense where i was trying to do homework because I really didn't want to fall behind and end up, like, repeating a year, which I did. <laughs> uh, but I was, like, trying to, like, crack down and do something just to keep my mind busy. And I, like, just couldn't focus at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting up there, and I'm sitting in this office chair, and I'm just kind of, like, spinning around, just, like, thinking about everything. And, like, one of the wheels broke on the chair, and I just go, like, flying onto the ground. And it did not, it didn't hurt at all. But I just like started crying, and it was kind of like everything was just like shaken loose uh-huh. at that point, and I don't know why. So metaphorically and physically, yeah. Was... Metaphorically, my life wheel broke, I love and it. everything fell. <laughs> I don't know, um, but I remember just like crying on the floor and like yelling at God, like God, this whole thing is really just serving as confirmation that I don't believe in you, and if you are real, as you, you talk to him, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, if you are real, then you need to fix this. And uh-huh. I was just like angry and like commanding God what to do and all that stuff. Um, and it was shortly after that that I started to really see like some real repentance from dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and mom was dealing with things. She was still processing, but she was doing it more graciously than she was early on, understandably. And... Um, that really was coming across too, and we ended up going to College Park um, shortly after that. And I remember sitting through a sermon that Pastor Mark was preaching in Matthew. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like the sheep and the goats or something. And at the end of it, knowing in my heart that God existed, and yet still going like, I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Like, if you exist, like, you're really terrible, mm-hmm. and I want nothing to do with it. And that's just kind of where I was at that point. Where were you dealing with that kind of thing? I mean that. I think that was that was when I was in shutdown mode. Yeah. So I I had no desire to go to College Park. Um, <coughs> excuse you. Sorry. Excuse me. No, I'm hey, sorry. It's, it's good. Um, like I verbally and I just didn't want to go. I, I think at one point I was literally dragged. We did. We dragged you <laughs> from from from. I was violently woken up from a nap and dragged out by you and Dad. Yep. And Andrew. Yep. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> I was. So yeah, maybe not the greatest move. No, I think kind that like when we dragged you onto the racer at Kings Island and you cried the whole time. Well, it's a little bit different. I, I mean, mean, it was kind of similar. <laughs> yeah, your church is kind of like a roller coaster. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. College Park is a great church. Um, but that that pushed me away even more. I think to the idea of spiritual things, yeah. like at all. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I was just very apathetic to life um, mm. and everything going on. So yeah. it wasn't like I was angry. It wasn't like I was sad. 
It was just I was existing. Yeah. You were in that place I was in a couple months back. Yeah. And that's that's probably the exact way I would have reacted to. But rather than keeping busy and doing the things you were doing, I was just working through some of it and working through some of that. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, as, as time went on, like I got really, really angry. Yeah. Um, and so kind of in my head, I was like, all right, I am going to, and this was, you know, months after this is, this is kind of where things started to coagulate and scab over a little bit and started to heal. Um, and I was just really in a dark place. I was like, I'm going to go through scripture and I'm going to point out every area that I saw my father fail in. Hmm. And I just started going through, you know, the sexual morality verses and these lying verses and all, all kinds of things like that. And were you just like cherry picking? Or were you going through anything particularly? Oh, uh, it was a Google search. <laughs> oh, <gotcha. laughs> Dude, I didn't know my Bible. Just <laughs> <laughs> proof texting. It pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but what was interesting is that's really what God used to convict mm. me of my sin. Um, because, you know, you, I started going through Romans and I just started reading through Romans. And, you know, you've got all of sin to fall short of the glory of God. None is righteous. No, not one. You know, uh, and, the, and he flipped the tables on me. He was like, look, all these things that you're upset about, that, that your father has done to you, is not even close how you Aaron have sinned against me God Mm. I was like dang it (laughs) (laughs) yeah dang it you're right you know yeah and and I remember going down um to the breakfast table the next morning and you've got mom at one end with a cup of ice that she survived off of basically for months and she's reading scripture and then on the other end you've got dad with his cup of coffee and he's reading scripture and it was just something really peaceful about that. Hmm. And I I don't think, up until that point, I don't think I'd ever seen mom and dad read scripture at the same time. Now, they weren't reading it together. It's not like they were in the same passage or anything. Right, right. But they were both seeking after God. Hmm. Um, and so I was, I mean, that spoke volumes to me. Like, wow, this is, yeah. th- this is crazy. And, you know, at one end, you can be like, you can look at it as, okay, well, this is just a man who was caught in his sin. And so he's doing whatever he can. Sure. Um, okay, there, there may be validity to that to some extent, right? But more accurately, this is a man who has been broken by his sin, right? Um, and this is a man who is calling on his savior, right? And this is a woman who has been, you know, hurt, um, and she is calling on her savior. And it's just you see how the Lord ministers to his people in different ways yeah. through the same book, right? You know, and and that that was incredible, yeah. Um, and it's not like I connected all those dots right. then, but as you know, time goes on and you reflect on it, you're like, this is, this is what the Lord is doing. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I think, well, I mean, I just think the way that someone responds to suffering or conviction speaks volumes and it could have been really easy for dad to have responded with, um, you know, avoidance, mm-hmm. wanting to be out of the house. Um, pursuing some kind of vice or something right. like that, um, but instead, um, just humbling himself and and um, taking responsibility for his action and repenting of it, and then pursuing the Lord. Even that, though, you 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 said like um, that's something that 
um, you know, you could be caught with your hand in the cookie jar and just like temporary change, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that your fruit bears out over time. Oh, yeah. And oh, it's yeah. been really cool to see um, their marriage in a way that I have never seen yeah. as a kid, yeah. you know, and um, the way that he's been engaging us as his children, you know. Right. Which is a little different like, now that we're adults and everything, right. but it's still like. But as you saw it with Andrew and Olivia, yeah. though, being in the house, and I was in the house for a long time too, so I, I got some of that. You know, it's um, but there's just changes and stuff that you see over time yeah. that I thought spoke volumes. Yeah, you were in the house a lot longer than I was. Yeah, and then out, and then back in, <laughs> and then out. Um, <laughs> I like to make fun of myself. It's cool. Yeah, uh, no, it's, um, it's great. I had a similar kind of um, change, or you know, like experience. It's just not with. Um, the family it was actually by my peers. So when I went to youth group, it wasn't something that pushed me away, mainly because I went willingly and wasn't dragged by my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was actually something that really brought me in because, keep in mind, I had just told God that he needed to fix things to prove his existence. Mm-hmm. Um, I had come to the realization that God exists, even if um, I didn't want anything to do with him. And I had seen my parents um, living out the gospel and then I come to youth group that had a very um, two two class groups that were very unique. They were just full of people with like white hot passion for the Lord, mm-hmm. and it was really good for me to be immersed in that and to see like, hey, people my own age that love Jesus, you know, because I had I knew some people that were Christians and lived things out, whatever. But we were younger at that time, and um, to see people teenagers my own age really loving the mm-hmm. Lord and pursuing. Uh, together and really encouraging one another. That was really awesome, and um, so that that served as some confirmation for me. But then, just having those those um, those friendships and those relationships and those conversations. Um, like, keep in mind, I, I had the background. I, like, I knew the Bible okay, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I knew how the gospel worked. I knew what the point of Jesus coming was. Uh, like, the pieces were there. They just weren't together necessarily. But it was really cool to see um, my peers following. Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, that spoke volumes to my heart. And I remember going to a retreat um, over a weekend with the high school group. And um, the guy that spoke is now a good friend of mine, but I don't remember hardly anything that he said, <laughs> even though I remember, <laughs> it, I remember it being really good. Uh, but I remember having just a time of, of um, singing praise afterwards and all songs I'd heard a billion times, um, nothing flashy. It wasn't high energy. It was very low key. And it was just an overwhelming feeling that God loved me and that I couldn't see necessarily why everything had happened the way it did, but I knew in my heart of hearts that God loved me. And I felt that in a way that I had never experienced. Um, and I would tell you right now that that was the moment that, that God regenerated my heart. I didn't understand it that mm-hmm. way <laughs> at the moment because I'm sitting there going, can we just end this so I can run out to the lake and give my life to the Lord? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, like, it was just like, oh, I need to do this now. Dude, that's a classic, like, but youth look, group camp thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But looking back on it, like, I can see that God had already changed my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I just had that desire to get out and just spend some time. Regeneration precedes faith. That's right. Yes. Exactly. Good. So so I'm ready to do this, right? Uh-huh. I'm ready to get out and make my profession, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we break out into small groups afterwards. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> dang it, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but that was a really cool time that I'll never forget. 
um, most of these people are, are friends that like are still some of my best friends. One of them is my roommate. Half of them are in a small group with me and just, it's really cool. But we, we broke out in small groups and we were supposed to be going over some curriculum, but instead this one girl, um, Julia, who's now a, um, missionary and, uh, um, in Illinois somewhere, <laughs> but she, those Illinois people, man, they need, they Jesus. need it, bro. They need it. It's actually really cool what, they, what her and her husband are doing, but, um, she just like broke down and was like, guys, we need to pray for my brother. He doesn't know the Lord and just like was broken over it. And Mm -hmm. I saw the whole group just come around and just like earnestly spend like 30 minutes in prayer for this one kid. And I was like, this is the body of Christ at work. And that was a huge thing um, for, for me to see. So then that afterwards I went out to the lake and did my thing, whatever. (laughs) Um, But then I was like sitting, like we had all gone to bed and I had a uh, less land fear moment because uh, he shared his testimony once on the, the pubcast and I was like, dude, this is me. Uh, where I'm sitting in my bunk and I'm on the top bunk and I'm just like staring at the ceiling and I'm like, he loves me. <laughs> he chose to love me. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there were like, there were immediate changes in my life that I saw afterwards. Uh, we could talk about some of that in a little bit, I think. But anyway, so I just jumped the gun and went through the rest of my story. What's up with No, that? I think that's good um, because I don't really have that like i don't think i could point to a time where i was like i think this is when i was made new yeah this is when i was made whole um is this i look back on my life i think it was a very gradual slow process where it just dawned on me at one point like okay i, I love jesus you know right, when you were reading romans right. you're like wow all i've said that's me I mean that that's that's <laughs> yeah. probably a decent yeah. guessing point, but even after that, like there wasn't immediate change in my life. Yeah. Like you know, pornography was still a thing. Sure. Um, selfishness was still a thing. Bitterness was still a thing. Like right. greed, all the all these things. And I know that doesn't magically go away when someone becomes a Christian, but you notice change. Yeah. And so I don't I don't I couldn't really say like my I had my lake experience. Right. Right. <laughs> It was it was just kind of over time. Sure, I started to really love the word, love prayer, and I hated going to church for the longest time. Did you? I I hated it. Um, I would I like Saturday morning or evenings would come around. I would just get super depressed. Yeah, and not and just be very upset about it and everything. And I remember one day I faked being sick and watched uh, Paranormal Activity instead. Oh, that's and healthy. Man, did I regret that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we've all faked beans. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. but yeah, I mean, it was it, a very gradual thing that just occurred over time. So, can I ask you this? Like, were there things in your life that had a real like stronghold on you that you can look back and say, like, God delivered me from this? And um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I can look at things. Um, I think we were even talking about this a few weeks ago. I found my old MP3 player. Yeah. Um, and I just was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to the music I listened to in high school, which, first of all, people think I have bad taste in music now, which I don't. Um, <laughs> you got a little defensive there. But, well, it's because you guys just get salty when I want to play my music. Um, it's because Chris Stapleton is good. and then Oh, he's the bomb. Everything outside of that is like... Five finger death punch or something dumb like that. Listen, you need, or you need some disturbed in your life every now and then. Um, not all of it, because a lot of it is trash, as is five finger death punch. Um, but as I was looking through my MP3 player a few weeks ago, and I was just listening to the music, 
and the songs. It was just like horrible. Yeah. Like not just, you know, swearing and the F word here and there as, as, you know, as much of an issue as that may be, but just like sex, the way, you know, women were talked about, you know, murder and just like, yeah, these are good things. And it's like, no, it's not. (laughs) This is very bad. Exactly. So (laughs) it's... (laughs) It's kind of like looking at that, you you just see how the Lord has sanctified you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the struggle with sin gets not easier. Right. But it's different, maybe? Yeah. Um, I think both, sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are things that I can look back in my life and see that, like, the symptom of this sin is gone. But the root of it is still something mm-hmm. to, to battle with every yes, day. Yes, I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. So so maybe I don't deal with this particular thing anymore, but like the heart of the issue is still right. there. And the moment you stop waging war against it is the moment you end up falling back into all those symptoms. You right. Know? Well, what's interesting is like being a father and a husband is, I love it. It's wonderful. And it's one way that God has protected me from myself, mm. because you, I constantly, and my wife's a great example of serving. Like she's incredible. She's cleaning the kitchen right now. You guys can probably hear it. Yeah. Knock it off, babe. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on, Mary. Um, but it's just like you don't have time to be lazy. Yeah. You don't have time to be selfish. I mean, you, you, I still am selfish, and that comes out all the time. But it's it's not as easy. Like I was thinking, if I wasn't married and I didn't have a kid, I'd be a bum. And when I'm a bum, that's when I'm susceptible to all types of sins. Yeah, all absolutely. types of sins. Absolutely. I love my downtime, but man, if it just becomes like a normal, yeah, like this is all the time, then it's it becomes a very um, precarious position. Oh yeah, like I, I I love it too, and I mean I'm I have to have some me time. Yeah. Every day, like, you know, give me 15 minutes where I can just chill by myself. But I dread it if Mary's going to be gone for a long time. Yeah. Like, I've even called you. I'm like, hey, man, keep me accountable for all these things. I yeah. called my buddies and everything. She went to Nashville, um, like, a month and a half ago or so. Yeah. And <laughs> I just made all kinds of, like, Lord of the Rings memes, like, Mary's gone. So it begins, yeah, I can't go <laughs> yeah. everything. Like, just like, I don't know. I had fun with it, which was good. It kind of kept my mind engaged on Christ right. in a weird way. Right. Um, <laughs> a really weird way. But, but hey, man, hey, whatever works. Whatever works. Right. So, um, anyways, you had your, your lake experience, um, freed you from a lot of the, the sins that you were involved in. Yeah. Um, some of them, some of them lingered on for a long time and some of them were more gradual. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were up and down types things. I mean, I always look back and there are certain things I can look back and say, like, this used to be a huge, like huge thing. And now it doesn't even exist. Right. Like you do me growing up. I was a little rage monster. Yes. Now I don't get angry. Like almost ever. Like I get frustrated from time to time, but I don't pop off at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I can look back and say, like, that's a re- direct result of, of mm-hmm. Christ changing my heart. You know, that's just mm-hmm. simple as that. Um, insecurities were a huge thing. Um, I don't really deal with that and probably should. There's a part of me that feels shame that should be there that died <laughs> somewhere along the line. You were pretty insecure about your teeth last week. I did actually just really? get, so, uh, <laughs> so check this out, check this out. I just got some charcoal stuff. Because it's supposed to, like, whiten your teeth and strengthen your enamel or something. Uh-huh. I'll let you know how it works. How much did you pay for it? 
Oh, like six dollars. Okay. All right. And it should last me like a year. Okay. Yeah, so back up. Enjoy your charcoal. Yeah, it sucks. I used it last night for the first time. Is it like actual? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's irrelevant. Anyway, so there are certain things that I can look back, but then there are other things. Like, I remember immediately, um, like, because I had this huge, like, Slim Shady addiction, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, it was like all I listened to. I like to play the victim, especially during, like, my depression and stuff. Mm -hmm. Slim Shady was a terrible, um, yeah, influence, I guess. And uh, so, like, one of the first things that I felt immediately convicted of is, like, I need to go delete all this stuff off my iPod. And I did. And then I brought some of it back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's still some of it on my Spotify today. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, not all of it's terrible. I'm not anti-secular music. Right. But there's wisdom that needs to go along with that, too. It's so much of it was just, like, pointless, utter, like, depravity yeah. in its finest mm-hmm. forms. And it was just so negative and so destructive to my soul. So, like, certain things just, like, went immediately. I'm like, cut it off, cut it off, cut yeah. it off. Um, so there were some there were some really cool changes immediately, but then there are other sins that lingered on for years after that, and things I still deal with, you know, from time to time. But anyway, yeah, I think it's interesting that we both brought up music as kind of like a marking point for how we can tell that the Lord has worked in our lives. It just goes to show how influential music is. So hashtag Psalms. Continue. <laughs> cool. That's all I got, man. Okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think. Um, what I think is worth talking about is when we talk about how the Lord um, saved us, it's kind of in a, it's just really dark, like the Lord used an affair. Yeah. And it, it, it reminds me of Genesis fifty twenty, where, you know, Joseph is second in command in Egypt now. And his brothers try to kill him. They ended up selling him to slavery and everything. And his, you know, his brothers come for food because there's a famine. And, Joseph reveals to himself, hey, look, I'm your brother. And they freak out like, oh, no, he's going to kill us now. But what he says is, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. And it just, if if that doesn't tell you how sovereign our Lord is over everything, over the good and the bad, and how he uses all of it to accomplish his means, I don't know what would. Yeah. And so you have this horrible thing that took place, but it's what God chose to save his people. Yeah. And it's it's incredible. And yeah. when we can talk about this and there may be people who are listening and they're really ashamed of their sin and they have kids and things and it's like you're trying to raise them, mm-hmm. you know, in the knowledge and admonition of the Lord, but they know the things that you've done. Yeah. And so I, I think dad may even struggle with this sometimes, but what's good, and he's going to listen to this, so hi dad, we love you. Love you. Um, <laughs> Awesome. What, what's good is, and I've, I've used this probably three or four times, is Deuteronomy 6. It says, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. And it goes on to say, you know, parents, this I want you, when you're walking on the street, when you're cooking in your house, whatever you're doing, I want you to tell your children about where you were in Egypt and how the Lord delivered you <clears throat> from it. Yeah. And so God uses the past to demonstrate his current power. Exactly. So when we think about our past sin, I don't know if there should be like this overwhelming shame. I think that's good. Like this is awful. I I, I regret this. But we should look at it as this is what the Lord delivered me from. Right. That's what I was. I was a former sinner. I was dead. I was disgusting. And I am a new creation now. So this is where I was. And this is where I am now because of Christ. And so... I, I think looking at this situation, we can say, okay, that was that was a bad situation. Right. 
But look where we are now because of Jesus. Exactly. Because of what he's done for us and what he's done for his people. It's incredible. Right. God used the Assyrians to bring judgment on the, on the Israelites and brought through a, a remnant for himself. Indeed. You know, um, but yeah, just like, kind of what you were saying. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so rather than like making ourselves the victim of our sin, we could make ourselves the culprit of it and then rejoice in God's deliverance right. of it. And um, and it's a great platform to to make much of what Christ has done because mm-hmm. all of us are in the same boat where we're all at one point, you know, objects of wrath. And um, then being able to just kind of walk through that with other people and share like, hey, we've been where you've been. We've seen what you've seen. We've done what you've done. And yet Christ has made this uh, available. Like, yeah. Yeah, very good. All right, so that's uh, that's our story. <laughs> that's it. That's our story. Yeah. Um, so anyway, well, cool. Thanks for um, thanks for listening to another episode of the Joe Schmo Theology Podcast. I have to say it like that. Of the Joe Schmo, I can't not yeah, say it like that. I don't think you could. The Joe. No, say it right. You don't the have to Joe say Joe Schmo. <laughs> I seriously have to like do an focus. accent. <laughs> I can't not say it like the Joe Schmo Theology Podcast. Anyway, like us on Facebook. Give us a review. Somebody. That'd be great. Tell your friends about it. Dude, we should do a contest. Nah. Because there's people who listen. I want you people to do it out of love for us. You don't need to win something. Illinois is the second most state that down... Illinois downloads us the second most out of any state in the United States. Yeah. Well, their economy sucks. All well, those people who listen I just think it's interesting that, anyway. you know, we've got a missionary over there. It's like... Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Julia. Keep doing work there, girl. Yeah. And give yeah. us a review. Make disciples. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, until next time. Every Joe Schmo can grow some more. Peace. If you don't seek justice, you probably don't know peace. At least the kind of peace that Jesus brings us on account of belief. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a direct correlation between your profession of faith and your expressions of grace to the hopeless. Yeah, it's true that all men are broken, but to only help the healthy would make us miss the open wounds that matter the most in those moments. The deconstruction of dignity buried deep in the heart of assumptions, where selective justice is just another name for social corruption. A system is flawed when just cause is just because, but even a man at odds with the laws made in the image of God. It's admitted that none of us are innocent, all of us complicit, but to solicit the silence of injustice doesn't just dismiss it. And just in case you forgot, Christ will come at just the right time A divine king bringing perfect justice to judge all of mankind The only difference between us, I'll stay seated at Jesus' feet And rest between a span of his hands where justice and mercy meet Listen, Iris, in my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids See my savior laying down his righteous life and saying, I forgive Iris, in my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids See my savior laying down his righteous life and saying, I forgive Iris, in my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids See my savior laying down his righteous life and saying, I forgive Iris, in my iris, I was in my iris, I was in my iris, deep down I know my eyes are sick. The wrath of God is coming, can you hear the warning? Joy comes in the morning, but now is the time of mourning. When all I'm seeing lately is a nation going crazy, looking bad, need some hope like the words maybe. If for probably, but if I'm honest, in light of all these problems, if my hope is only probable, how long till it dissolves? I don't have the capacity to see these problems solved. I take comfort knowing that my God is still involved, that's my certainty. When the road I'm on is serpentine and I'm threatened by the serpent sting, the evil one is prowling, looking to devour. 
But no one can usurp the king Lord have mercy while we're waiting for the final hour This is my father's world, it's also a fallen one The domino effect has infected the whole setup I'm not afraid to talk about social injustices Let's also talk about the throne where perfect justice is It sounds insensitive And some will hate the stench of it But the church is not faithful if we fail to mention it We worship a God who can speak to the world's pain Because salvation for us came through the Lamb who was slain In my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids, see my savior laying down his righteous life and saying, I forgive. Iris in my iris, iris in my iris, iris in my iris, deep down I know my eyes are sick. Eyes are sick, eyes are sick, eyes are sick.